My name is Keith Beavers, and I just found out that McDonald's once tried to make bubblegum-flavored broccoli so kids would eat their vegetables. I would try that once. What's going on, wine lovers from the Vine Paired Podcasting Network? This is Wine 101. My name is Keith Beavers, and I am the Tastings Director of Vine Pair. Hi. Okay, so we're staying in France. We're going to Bordeaux. Then we're going south into this beautiful swath of land called the southwest of France. It can be a little complicated. Let's get into it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Jay Vineyards and Winery in California's Russian River Valley. The cool climate around Jay Winery is similar to their native France, helping the grapes thrive. Jay makes highly acclaimed Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, and a variety of sparkly wines with very happy grapes. To experience wine from Jay Vineyards and Winery, visit thebarrelroom.com. Wine lovers, I feel like we really need to talk about Southwest France. This is a place that doesn't often get the attention that I feel it deserves. And it's a it's a, a region of France that makes a bunch of wine. Not all of it comes over here, but what does come over here from Southwest France is a lot. <laughs> I know that's a little bit confusing. You'll understand in a second. The wines from this part of France are so cool and they're really delicious and they're very unique in themselves. But because of Bordeaux being so close to this area, it's often been overshadowed by Bordeaux. And throughout history, this area of France and the wine didn't really make it outside this area for a while because of the large taxes being put on them going through the port of Bordeaux. Bordeaux was in a protectionist mode at some point and did not want commerce from anywhere else. So today, you know, we have planes and trips. It's not, it's not like what there was no, there's no, none of that's happening, but because of years of this, it's not as recognized as it should be. The Southwest France wine region. It's not an actual AOC. It's not like the Southwest or Southwest AOC. It's just a recognized region with about, I think about 30, or more or less AOCs in it. If you look at a map of this part of France, the southwestern quadrant of the country, you'll see the the estuary where Bordeaux is. And then if you look south of that, there'll be a big old chunk of land. And then down below that, you'll see Landoc-Roussillon. That area between Bordeaux and Landoc-Roussillon that is Southwest France. And it usually, as the, the, the estuary breaks off into two rivers, the Dordogne and the Garonne, as we've talked about before, those rivers have other wine regions attached to them. And then south of those rivers, going down towards the Basque country, there's a place called Gascony and actual Basque country. This whole area is... Southwest France. And it can be kind of broken up into different different sections itself. You have the the Dordogne 
department, the Garonne department, you have Gascony, that's, and there's a group of wine making regions there, or AOCs, and down in Basque Country, you have a few as well. There is a lot going on here, and there is a ton of history. This is where Dumas was doing all of his work with the Three Musketeers. This is also the land of foie gras, duck confit, and black truffles. I mean, what? It's also home to this famous natural region called the Perigord, P-E-R-I-G-O-R-D, if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. And there's four areas of the Perigord. There's Perigord green, Perigord black, Perigord white, and Perigord purple. The black area is for the known because of its black truffles. The white area is known for chalk cliffs. The green area for its forest. And the purple area for grapes. And those four quadrants kind of, even though it's in one part of Southwest France, pretty much defines Southwest France. Beautiful views, amazing food, and great wine. Thing is, there's so much wine being made here. Red, white, sweet, bubbly, rosé, and in all these different AOCs. But because the northern part of this area was once an extension of Bordeaux, or thought to be an extension of Bordeaux, this is before the Appalachian system was formed. And then when the AOC system was formed in the 1930s, Bordeaux became separated from the rest of southwest France, as did a town called Cognac, or an AOC called Cognac. And not only that, but of all of these, I think 30 or give or take 30 AOCs in this one region, there is no overarching AOC, and then they are the subregions of a larger AOC. All of these wine regions pretty much market themselves as their AOC. It gets a little bit different in certain places, which we'll talk about. So it can be very confusing and complicated, but the good news for now, for us on the American market is of all those AOCs, only a few of them really come onto our market with large distribution that you'll find in wine shops. And what you'll find in wine shops, and I hope one day mostly on wine lists, these wines could be on wine lists for like great prices, is these wines aren't very expensive. There are expensive wines, but in these AOCs that come on our market, but for the most part, these are amazing wines, very close to Bordeaux, that are really affordable. We're talking like 15, 20 bucks a bottle and either very similar to Bordeaux wines or completely different because you have wine regions like, and we'll get into them, some of them individually, but Bergerac and Cote de Ras that are so close to Bordeaux, they make wines from the Bordeaux varieties or most of the varieties. And then as we move south towards what is Landacruzion, the variety mix or Encempagement gets very unique and very different. So just east of Entre du Mer, where all the white wine is made in Bordeaux, this would be an extension of Bordeaux back in the day. But this is where we get into a group of AOCs that because of their connection, historical connection to Bordeaux, because of their proximity to, to Bordeaux, these days they have sort of a they have a reputation. They have a, they have a name to themselves and more of it is made directly west of Bordeaux is the AOC Cote de Doras. It's named after a town on the Garonne river, but there's also a grape from the area. It's a red wine grape called 
Duras. And here for red wine, it's basically all of the Bordeaux varieties. For white wine, it is all the Bordeaux varieties. And there are additional blending varieties that will become more important in a later episode by the names of Uni Blanc and Colombard. Those are white wine grapes. So you're not going to see a lot of Cote de Ross on the American market, but it's really great wine. I've actually tried some of their red wines. Um, this is where the gravel kind of goes up and there's like a little elevated area of limestone in this wine region. And the wines are nice and structured. They also do their noble rot wines here because they're so close to Entre du Mer. So there's a really some great Botrytis wine, but it's not really here all the time on the market. But I'm mentioning it because I would love to see more southwest southwestern French wines on the market or on wine lists or in wine shops because they're so affordable and they're so good. And I hope that just having this in this podcast that maybe at some point when these wines become more prominent on the market and people are exploring more, this information will be here. Because just east of Côte de Ross is the largest wine region in the area called Bergerac. I'm sure if you're if you've been in French wine sections, you may have seen wines from Bergerac. This is a large appellation named after a town on the Dordogne River and is the most prominent AOC in this part of southwest France. And it has always lived in the shadow of Bordeaux. But what's really great about Bergerac is if you like right bank Bordeaux, if you like Merlot-dominant Bordeaux, these wines are pretty much Merlot-dominant, even though they use all of the, the varieties, most of the varieties from, from Bordeaux, it's pretty much going to be Merlot, and then Cab Franc, and then everything else. These wines are soft and earthy and affordable, and they are everywhere. You're going to find Bergerac on the American market. You can find them. It's not hard. It's not Easy, but it's not hard, depending on where you are. But these are these are wines that'll go between 15, 20, 23, 30. You can even go up to 50 or whatever. But like these are what I consider like good everyday Bordeaux-like wines, very close to where Bordeaux is. This region is so prominent that it actually has a second designation within the Bergerac AOC called Côte de Bergerac, which is wines that are made to age. So the, the majority of the wines being made from Bergerac that come onto our market are literally, like I said, everyday wines. But then there's a Cote de Bergerac. If you see that, you know that those wines are a little more structured. They have a lower yield when they're being made. And the alcohol is a little bit higher. These wines are built to age a little bit longer. So it's kind of fun to play around in Bergerac. And what's cool is the white wine, the dominant white wine variety of Bergerac is Semillon. Semillon is such a wild, beautiful variety. And on its own, blended with Sauvignon Blanc and Sauvignon Green and Muscadel, it could be really cool. And they do a lot of that. But there are 100% Semillon that are just beautifully structured with minimal fruit, like just beautiful. And the thing is, there are other AOCs. There are about 13 AOCs, including Bergerac in this little area. Uh, but really just Cote de Ras, Bergerac, and the next thing we're going to talk about, Mombaziac, are available on the market. And a lot of red wines that are made in other AOCs just call themselves Bergerac and come on to the American market because of the recognition of Bergerac. 
but just south of Bergerac is an AOC called Mombaziak. And this wine lovers, this is your affordable noble rot wine. They do the same thing as Soltern and its surrounding communes, but the price here is so much more affordable. Mombaziak does noble rot from Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Green, Muscadel, just like they do in Sauterne. But the history of this area is a little more of a roller coaster ride in that, can't, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but it wasn't until the early 90s that this area kind of changed things up. So it's we're still kind of the new phase of Mombaziak. So out there right now in the world are great bottles of Mombaziak that are just waiting for you to buy at an affordable price. I mean, we're talking like very affordable, like a lot less than Sauterne. We're talking like $20, $30. I mean, they're 500 milliliter bottles, but you know, 20, 30 bucks. You can have that with some friends and a cheese plate and not break the bank. Beautiful wines. Now, as we go even further east, we enter the AOC of Cahors, C-A-H-O-R-S, on the river Lot, L-O-T, where they make a wine from a grape called Cot, C-O-T, that you know as Malbec. This very old wine region was almost forgotten because of, number one, Bordeaux's dominance, number two, Malbec's dominance on the Argentine market. And it was because of the Argentine market and how much we as Americans fell in love with Malbec that gave new, you know, uh, resolve to the Cahors region to bring back the Cote or the Malbec that the world forgot about. And you're going to see a lot of, not, not a lot, but you're going to see Cahors on the market now. They're doing a very big marketing push on the American market. They have been for almost 10 years now. And you're going to see Cahors, and you're going to see the word Cote, and that's Malbec. The thing about this place is it's not your Argentine Malbec, not big, purple, juicy, full-bodied wines. These are sort of more medium to full-bodied, very earthy, and somewhat a little bit peppery, and often blended with Merlot. They're great, earthy, beautiful wines with food. But they're not, you know, again, you're going to find them out there, but they're not as prominent, but they should be. And the thing is, out of all these 30 AOCs, the ones that I just mentioned, those are the only ones that you're really going to see on the American market. I mean, there are other AOCs like uh, uh, Bouzette, Fontaine, Gaillac, down in Gascony and in the Basque region, which is more south towards the Pyrenees, it was called the Midi-Pyrenees, is Saint-Mont, Madiran. You can see some Madiran, but not really. Jurançon, Bern, and a couple other ones I can't pronounce. But the thing is, these wines, you will see wines from there, from, from these areas around, but there are they are so spotty that I'm not gonna really get into them here. But what I will say is south of the immediate extension from Bordeaux, outside of all of the you know, Bordeaux varieties being played with, down towards the Pyrenees, the white wine situation gets insane. There are so many white wine varieties native to that area just before the Pyrenees. It just boggles my mind. And there's so many of them with very unique names that I can't pronounce all of them. Some of them are with names like Corbu, Baroque, there's Duras, Fair Servadu, Mozac, Negret, and these are just some of the ones I can pronounce, but the 
there's also Gromansang and Petite Mansang, Uni Blanc, Colombard. All these varieties are blending varieties. And we get into Armagnac and Cognac, I'm going to talk about that because Armagnac is part of Southwest France, but because we have a Cognac episode coming up, I'm going to mention it there. But I do want to say these all are high acid blending varieties, or even in the reds, they're kind of high acid and peppery. But Petit Mansang is a very unique varietal. It's very expressive. And there is a place in America, Virginia, that is making it sort of their, their white wine grape. And the Petit Mansang coming out of Virginia is amazing. But in France, in Southwest France, these are all blended together in these very kind of beautiful, easy drinking, high acid, refreshing white wines that are often made from co-ops and then come over here. There are specific wines being made in all these different AOCs, but we just don't see them here. If you're in France, you will see them, but here, not so much. Just the ones that we've talked about. But more of this stuff needs to be making it onto our market because they're so affordable. They're so good. They're, they're, they would be just in like a, if you were at a restaurant and had a wine list that had Southwest France, you would probably drink that every time you go until you're done with it because it's like probably like on a wine list, these wines would be like 40. 50, maybe even 30 bucks and an absolute bang for your buck. That's why when you see them in retail, they're like 15, 20, $25, maybe sometimes even $10 and just really good everyday drinking wine. So that's a little breakdown of Southwest France. Again, there are going to be more and more wines, hopefully coming on the American market as we become more exploratory with French wines, especially in places like this. But these are very food-friendly wines. They're very you-friendly wines. They're very crowd-pleasing friendly wines, and they're very price-friendly wines, and I can't wait to see more in the market. Okay, talk to you guys next week. Find Pear Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pear headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pear. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pear, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pear staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. Ian J. Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pairs Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.